Hello and welcome to the Ginger Bets Be Good Golf Betting Podcast. So near yet so far I think is the message from last week. Those of you waking up Sunday morning checking your golf bets and seeing how Matt's Fitpatrick was doing then you were in for an entertaining Sunday or so you thought. Unfortunately for us and for all the followers of the podcast Matt didn't have his A game on Sunday and when watching the coverage actually on Friday and Saturday I held little hope of him getting over the line on Sunday and was really just hoping that he'd hang on to a place payout, which he did. And he did that whether you were taking the six or seven places on offer at uh, just a few firms, Unibet advertised at 90 to one, or whether you were taking um, the more favorable place terms at companies such as William Hill, Bet365, Boyle Sports, and Betfred to name just a few who were going eight places, um, albeit their odds were only 66 to one and 70 to one respectively. If you're getting place payouts at those odds, then your outright betting selections for the week shouldn't be too bad to look at come Monday morning. You'd have to be doing something very wrong if you're losing uh, more than 13, 14, 15 points on other players uh, across the board. So it was a somewhat disappointing finish uh, to the week on Sunday. I was really hoping, for, obviously, for personal financial reasons and the podcast that Matt was able to get the job done. But as I said, just didn't quite have his A game and uh, did really well to hang on to a place payout in the end. There were other notable performances and uh, I got a few texts throughout the week that said, you know, good luck Sunday with Matt uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, really cheering you on and wishing you all the best. But others that were suggesting that they had three or four players in the top 10 and they'd picked out these players from the comments on the podcast, not just the outright selections, but other comments that I'm bringing you through the research and through um, the gathering of data that, that takes place where I talk about DraftKings perhaps, or players that didn't quite make the final slate, but if you were looking at them closely, I wouldn't put you off because they came close to consideration for myself. So I think um, you know it really does uh, pay to tune into the full podcast. It's only gonna be 20 minutes long this week and every week from now on in. So hopefully that will keep you engaged and bring you enough insights to lead you to your own winning selections and an easier option to follow myself in on my outright selections. What do we have for you this week then? We're gonna bring you a summary of the course at WGC that's taking place at Concession. It will be the first time that uh, the players have visited this course in a professional capacity. Some players have played an amateur event at this course and one of my selections is one of those players this week. So stay tuned to get the headline selection, who unfortunately this week isn't at uh, the more appetizing odds of 90 to one, but still at 20 to one. And I'm quite keen on him. I think that he's slightly overpriced in uh, reflection to other players at the top of the market. We will also bring you some skill sets required to be successful this week. Not as much course history or no course history to look at. Um, So a bit of a guessing game on this. Um, 
but hopefully uh, will give you enough to, to narrow down your own selections, DraftKings lineups and things like that. And then we will move into our review of the top of the market, the mid market and those outsiders. Like I said, the headline selection this week comes to us in that top of the range, top of the market section, and it will be one of the more favoured players in the uh, in the lineup. But I think might come as a little surprise to some. And then I also have some quite confident selections at the fifty to one price range, and uh, I'm really excited to bring you those. So without keeping you waiting any longer, guys, I am going to get into the course review, the skill sets, and then that all-important review of the market and outright selections. Stay tuned. We have then the first WGC golf event of the year taking place at the Concession Golf Club in Florida. And this kicks off the Florida swing, which sees an incredible run of events. Golf fans, strap yourself in. Make a note, tune into this podcast each and every week because I cannot wait to bring you previews for this week. Then the Arnold Palmer Invitational, then the Players, and then the Honda Classic. Unbelievable golf courses and certainly uh, ones that I cannot wait to cover. This week, though, we have a new course on tour. First time that the professionals have teed it up here. What can I tell you about it? It's a tree-lined golf course. The rough doesn't seem to be up too much from what I'm reading in golf media circles. It could play. It could play similar to Augusta National. We will see. Time will tell. Also, we have the return to the Bermuda grass putting services as we've been on the Poana putting services for the past few weeks. There'll be plenty of players who welcome that return. And I encourage you, should I say, to look at any putting data you can get hold of around strokes gained performance on the Bermuda grass. Please ignore anything to do with Poana. They are completely different surfaces and as different as day and night to golfers, literally. There are some players that just cannot perform on the Poana, but will be loving life back on the Bermuda grass. Other than that, there isn't too much that I want to say about the golf course. I don't want to guess you can type it in yourselves, have a quick read. It looks like it's going to play to around that 10 under par score would be my guess. I don't think they'll want to embarrass themselves and have a 20 under par event. That would be my take. But that could be proved massively wrong there. That's enough on the course. Let me take you straight into the skill sets, which again has been a bit of guesswork this week, and then kick off with that all-important first pick, outright selection, and review of the market top middle and bottom a small caveat then to this week's skill sets required section and that is there is no data for us to look at and usually i'd like to get into that data research it and uh, digest as much of it as possible and then bring you relevant insights i can't guarantee that i can do that this week but i have made every effort to research the course in depth and look at where the opportunities may lie and also read plenty that's shared in the golf betting media circles. So what are the five key things that I think will be determining the winner this weekend? They are approach play and proximity stats. All Nicholas courses show us that second shot is really important. Whether that be Glen Abbey, Muirfield Village, PGA National, all of these courses lend themselves to players who perform well with their iron play. 
So that's going to be one key characteristic. Distance off the tee, something I've ignored in recent week, will be a second. Why? Because there's plenty of short par fours and gettable par fives, which leads me to the next critical stat, par five scoring. I want to look at long-term par five scoring because I believe that good driving distance and then correlated with par five scoring will be two factors that determine success come Sunday evening. I don't believe the winner will have been able to score poorly on the par fives. And then the final thought for this section will be the return to Bermuda grass greens. This week, the players are back on the Bermuda grass and that brings more players into it. Do take those into consideration. Like I said, no promises this week in providing you insights around what the key skill sets will be required by the winner come Sunday evening. Let's now get in to the market review. We have then Dustin Johnson at the top of the market, 13 to two best price with Skybet, Bet365, William Hill and Betfred. Seven players in the favorite to 20 to one section and I'm gonna get straight to it. Headline pick this week. Bryson DeChambeau. He has a good record at the course because he's one of the only players that has been to it in previous years. He went there as part of the NCAA uh, championships back in 2015 and finished on eight under winning that tournament. He's also a player that I think sets up well for the course in general if he hadn't have had that performance. Um, strokes gained on par five, driving distance um, and approach play in general, Bryson performs well on. And he's also at the top of the market, a player that I don't think has much hanging, hanging over him. What do I mean by that? Rory, I think, out of Nick in recent, uh, in recent times uh, since his change in family circumstances. JT obviously had the death of his grandfather um, a couple of weeks back seems to have affected him quite dramatically. Uh, so I think there's players that we can cross a line through at the top of the market. Xander Shoffley, we can always, guys, you can always cross a line through Xander when you see him at 11 to one. He's 11 to one with Unibet. You can always cross a line through Xander. He is a good benchmark. I said it last week. In fact, I said at the start of the podcast last week, I don't fancy Tony to win it, but if you're a fan of Tony, and you're a fan of Xander, definitely back Tony because he's doubled the price and neither of them ever win. So he was 25 to 1, should have won, traded at about 1 to 100 in running. Don't know how he ended up throwing the tournament away. However, Xander, here we have it again. He performed well once, a, I don't know when pigs flew maybe. And he um, he's <laughs> as short as 14 to 1. Um, yeah, he's easy to pass over. At the top of the market, Players for DraftKings lineups, as I'm making multiple entries, that will come under consideration. DJ, he's just too good at golf to not be considered any 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 given week, and this week's no different. So he's going to have a chance. He didn't have his A game last week, like he didn't in Saudi, but still threatened and was the most probable winner come the start of play Sunday. Um, so DJ... For DraftKings purposes, John Rahm, uh, I wouldn't put anyone off an outright selection or um, um, as making him part of your DraftKings lineups. Their main pick, though, 
without a shadow of doubt, 20 to 1, William Hill, 20 to 1, seven places, Bryson DeChambeau. I expect he goes off 18 to 1 across the board. Easy to pass by in this section, without a shadow of a doubt, Xander Schauffele, JT because he's completely out of nick. Rory just can't dial back in on him after last week's performance. And, well, Tony Finau's in this section, guys. That's it. He, yeah, he's the same as Xander. He may win sometime in the future. <clears throat> right. That's the headline pick. That's the review of the top of the market. Now let's get into this critical area where I do think there is some value and some players that their short-term performance hasn't been great and has led to their price being false in, in, in this week. I'm quite excited to bring you one pick. So let's get into that mid-market review. Right, the mid-range section, 20 to one to 50 to one. So many players that fit into this category. I'm not gonna be able to bring you my thoughts on each and every player because that would mean the podcast going on for 30, 40 minutes which taking the feedback of the listeners that tune in isn't what they want and they do you do request that uh, the, the nearer to 20 minutes that the podcast is the better so i'm going to try and stick to that for you without keeping you waiting any longer who is the selections in this price bracket first off Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa will be my second selection of the week and came close to being the headline pick let me tell you why. As touched upon in the previous segment, I mentioned players whose price gets pushed out um, too much, in my view, compared to their potential. And Colin Morikawa is certainly one of those. If we went back six months, he would be 18 to 1, potentially, for this tournament. He surely shouldn't be bigger than Xander. Um, he surely shouldn't be too much bigger than Victor Hovland. Um, and therefore, when looking at his data last week, there is one key thing that uh, drew me to this selection and pushed me uh, over the edge, I guess, in making it. It's slightly risky because he's not in the form of his life. His putting has been god-awful of recent times. However, last week, he led the field in strokes gained approach. Sorry, he didn't lead it. He was second in strokes gained approach out of the whole field, gaining 1.8 shots per round on average across the four days. So nearly eight shots better than the field. 7.2 shots better than the field, to be exact, over the course of four days on approach play. And I believe that that's going to be a key stat this week. It does stack up the other Nicholas courses that plays out. So for those reasons, at an inflated price. And like I said, 45 to one is best price available now. I was on Sunday evening at 60 to one on the exchanges and then again at 50 to one, excuse me, each way on Monday evening. Second selection, Colin Morikawa. Let's quickly jump into the third one. Tommy Fleetwood is my third selection this week. Let me tell you quickly why. He has gained 1.8 strokes on the field um, per round on average on the Florida swing. He is only second to Sunjay Im and Tiger Woods on the Florida swing with those that have played over 20 rounds in terms of strokes gained data. 
he didn't perform all that bad in the early part of the season. His form correlated with similar levels of Matt Fitzpatrick, who came onto the PGA Tour last week. No one was sure if he would play or make the event. He rocked up and finished in a tie for fifth in the places. There is nothing to suggest that Tommy Fleetwood can't do the same and perhaps get his first win on the PGA Tour this week. Other players to mention in this sector, Daniel Berger shouldn't be 28 to 1 if Xander is 11 to 1. Brooks Kepter shouldn't be that price. So if these guys are on your radar, yeah, pull the trigger this week because I'm not going to put you off them. They can definitely win. Berger can win. Kepka can win. Um, and they shouldn't be double the price or two and a half times the price of that guy uh, we talk about all the time at the top of the market. Same can be said for Patrick Reed, who I believe, um, you know, will target this tournament. Um, last year, he was the winner here at the WGC. There's no reason why he won't uh, be competitive this week on a course that's got similarities apparently to Augusta. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he went well. And one other comment would be for Scotty Scheffler. Scotty really did come close to making an outright selection for myself. He's a great ball striker. His approach plays incredible. He takes advantage of par fives. I'm just not sure he's going to get off the board at a WGC event, but it wouldn't surprise me. So, in summary, lots of players to like here, guys. I wouldn't put you off, uh, like I say, Scotty Scheffler. Sun Jae-im definitely wouldn't put you off. He'll be tipped up in many a place and actually has similar stats to Tommy Fleetwood. Slightly better stats, in fact, on the Florida Swing Strokes game data. If you don't follow Justin Ray at the 15th Club on Twitter, I suggest you do loads of insights throughout the week on just how players perform and then also gives you insights for the week ahead. A great follow if you don't already on, uh, on Twitter, guys. Right, that's the mid-market review. I'm going to now jump into my final selection, who is above 50 to 1, and provide some comments around those bigger price players that might lead you to successful DraftKings lineups and perhaps a successful outright pick at Outrageous Odds. We don't have a selection at Outrageous Odds this week, but I'm going to give you some comments around players that I believe could make your DraftKings lineups, and then if you're looking for a speculative bet to do 100 times your uh, investment come Sunday evening, then maybe uh, you can you can dial into some of these, uh, these comments, uh, that, that these players that I bring to your attention. Let's get into it. My fourth and final pick this week, he's just above the 50 to 1 range, and that is 55 to 1. Each way, Cameron Smith. Cam came off a really good week last week. He's got former Augusta, of course, that I'm reading about, could set up similar to this, tree lined, etc. Um, quite open off the tee, not PL rough, about second shot, etc., etc., etc. He fits the narrative, comes in off the back of a decent performance. I think he's a way better player than the betting market gives him credit for. And at 55 to 1, I'm happy to make my fourth and final selection, Cameron Smith, for the week. Other players to talk about in this sector, you've got Will Zalatorius. Um, I, don't, I think we saw he had an awful performance at Pebble two weeks back. I didn't think that course would suit him. Last week, a bit more traditional about the greens in regulation. Didn't quite make the you know top ten or anything, but certainly um, you know made the cut and performed well over the weekend. Max Homer coming in off the back of the win. Fitzy, not sure I can go back in on him this week. Sergio was popular with plenty last week. Sergio was popular with lots of you last week and he didn't quite perform. But similarities this week, maybe to, to the Masters like we've tied upon, winner there. 
um, he also has a really good driving stats, distance off the tee doesn't lack, par 5 scoring is, uh, is brilliant, and his approach play is never to be doubted. So again, Sergio, I wouldn't put you off, but he just isn't quite for me as an outright selection. Matt Wolf, guys, is available at 180 to 1 on the machine. Absolutely crazy price, considering. Look, Matt Wolf, uh, Xander Shoffley. My prediction is Matt Wolf wins more tournaments than Xander Shoffley in the next two years. There you go. And he's 100 to 1, guys. So I wouldn't put you off him. Another player that came under close consideration for me was Mark Leishman. Again, popular with loads last year. Will love the return to. A classical tree line type golf course, par five scoring and iron play definitely in his uh, in his armory. Wouldn't put you off him at all. Carlos Ortiz was like fifty to one two weeks back. He's now available at hundred to one because of a missed cut. Again, loads of good upside with him. So we'll make DraftKings lineups for myself. And if he's in your portfolio of players to look at, I wouldn't put you off him. And finally, let's name Abram Anser. I've taken 125 each way with Triple uh, H Sport. Um, it was a standout price yesterday, and um, he's now as short as 80 to 1. Again, he didn't make my outright selections for the podcast, but as I've touched upon, I do place more bets than when I bring you here. I'd look a bit of a mug if I brought you all my bets uh, throughout the week, I think, on, on the outright selections. Um, in terms of, you know, I, I back uh, lots of players with a view to trading out to before the off, uh, players that I feel will be backed in by the betting market, uh, where it's predictable to look at strokes gain data and identify the likely players people will land on. Answer was one of those, and he's duly obliged being backed in. At the bottom end of the market, Touched it on the start. Thomas Dietrich, if you're looking for a low-cost selection for your DraftKings lineups, wouldn't put you off him. And Latino Griffin and Robert McIntyre, both really good players. Bobby McIntyre will win a big golf tournament in his career. He's got the right attitude for it, right mentality for sure. And Griffin, been in really consistent form over the past uh, few weeks and is somebody who threatened the leaderboard a couple of weeks back. I don't believe he's 125 to one shot. Guys, I've overrun the 20 minute time bracket this week, again, only by a few minutes, but I hope you can see that I love bringing you all these insights and there's actually so much more that I could share. However, the feedback tells me 20 minutes is enough. We're probably gonna be 23, 24 again this week. I'm sorry for that. As ever, if you wanna get in touch, please do. GingerBets on Twitter, uh, Jack Kelleher on LinkedIn. If you want any more narrative, want to talk about golf, do get in touch and uh, I'll be happy to discuss it. It's a subject that I love. May I wish you all the best with this week's four selections. Headline selection, Bryson DeChambeau. Second selection, Colin Morikawa, 45 to 1 each way. Third selection, Tommy Fleetwood, 50 to 1 each way. And the fourth and final selection, Cameron Smith, 55 to 1 each way. Good luck, and if nothing else, be good.